0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cockburn. Of course, I want to welcome you to the show. I want to welcome my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Good morning, Rob. How are you?
1: Doing terrific, Todd. A little earlier for us, but uh, I'm always happy to to, to join in to talk about the the podcasting space and stuff that's going on.
0: Well, we're we're advancing in technology here on Tuesday. Awesome. Spectrum called me and said, we have one gig internet for you. We knew it was coming. And wow. uh, so the installer came Wednesday and they monkeyed around for four hours. And I was the number one install in Oahu. And, uh, you that know, was, I, I, wow. had, I had 320 before and I was supposed to get 1,000. Thirty-five. Now, the reason they're limiting the uplink is everyone shares the up. And I didn't know that uh, prior to this time. Uh, and uh, uh, so anyway, long story short, um, they're going to incrementally increase it. So today, we are doing Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and we're doing live stream live on the same connection you're on your own connection still and the health is good on everything right now so those of you that are on facebook good morning and uh, if you see an issue with the stream let us know
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome todd three places
0: yeah so so,
1: so which of the three are you going to use for your your player player embed you know for the website
0: the well, we're YouTube live right now on the website. Um, oh, you are like forward slash live. Yeah, so hey, Rich, long time no, uh, no here. Cool. Uh, Kelly Joe, good morning. Mike Dell, good morning. If you're uh, hanging out with this uh, live, make sure you say hello in the chat room and uh, either on uh, newmedieshow.com live or on facebook.com where we're at. There, we just tweeted, or at least where I'm going to tweet here in, in the next microsecond. But uh, this is a big month. You know why this is? Rob, is why this is a big month? Hmm. No, I can't think of it. (laughs) What what might it be? Uh, Hey, Santa Claus is coming every day the month of December.
1: Oh, that's right. Your gift (laughs) program that you're doing.
0: Well, yeah. Prizes and giveaways. So we're starting kind of slow out the gate. Yesterday was ATR 2100. Today is a iRiver, I think, uh, lav microphone, and then it will, we'll have some big, big surprises <laughs> in amongst the, uh, the, uh, 30 days of giveaways, upgrades, free service, uh, you name it. So,
1: so it's like an advent calendar for, for raw voice blueberry,
0: right? Is that what it is? It's a what?
1: It's like an advent calendar uh, you're giving away a prize yeah. each day. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like an advent calendar.
0: Yeah, prize a day. From, <laughs> and it's a hashtag build your blueberries. So we're, uh, we're, we're kind of excited about it. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. and uh, But uh, yeah, so anyway, yesterday the the first post went up and uh, the picture in the blueberry post was an RE400 uh, RE or 200. And then the giveaway was a... You know, uh, so one guy was like, that's not the microphone you're giving away. I'm like, yeah. So I kind of text the team, Hey, let's make sure that the, the tweets and the giveaways match the image, you know, it's don't use some stock photo image of some microphone and, yeah. So anyway. Little, yeah. Yeah. Because that's a little deceptive. I said, yeah, it is a little deceptive. So.
1: Yeah, because that's a completely different uh, different microphone, that, a little bit different price tag, to yes, too. Yes, yes, it I, is, as I recall.
0: But I, but we have that caliber stuff coming. So yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: Okay. As so you get closer to to Christmas? Does the value of these items get more? Uh, no, the no. They,
0: they're randomly sprinkled uh. in there, so you have to stay in your, stay in your toes. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yeah, so, well, anyway, we'll we'll see how it goes. we got some other stuff coming next week, too, so I'm... I can't... You, you are going to be like... You, you, <laughs> When we make this announcement, Rob, you're going to be like, why are we not doing a new media show this next coming Saturday? Because you're going to want to give me the Spanish Inquisition on this thing. So... uh,
1: Well, you know, we could, because you're going to be here in Seattle. We could just do it. That,
0: that's true. But you'll be able to corner me and say, what is this? Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so that's, you know, of course, I'm I'm touting that with the, you know, having found like 10 more bugs last night sent to the programmer. No, you're, you're not done. <laughs> <laughs> or in Mike, too, you're not done. You got to fix these. So, uh,
1: well, well, we could actually do it. Do it from the from the show, you know. We just use spreaker um, yeah, I could, could do it off my tablet. We
0: could, yeah. I guess. We'll have to see. Of course, I don't get in until uh, eight a.m. or something like that Saturday morning. So it it probably. Oh, will. you don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know. And of course, okay. by the time I run to the into you know, Uber and and get or Lyft or whoever, I yeah, probably use Lyft.
1: Yeah. Uh, the whole show is going by then. Yeah. yeah
0: so sure. I I'll, I'll drop my bag at the hotel and. Uh, hopefully you can be able to take a combat shower and, and then into the show. But anyway, we're, we're digressing next week is PodCon folks in Seattle. Yeah. So I'll be in Seattle, Mackenzie be in Seattle. Rob is already in Seattle. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. and
1: Daniel J. Lewis is going to be staying um, uh, with me at my house. Oh, Seattle, that's, so. that's cool. Yeah.
0: Well, well he'll get to, yeah. he'll get to tell you all about, what we're doing, because I gave him an early look.
1: <laughs> yes, and I get to scold you, right? Is that the idea? No, no,
0: no, no scolding, no, no scolding. No? Yeah. Okay. So we're we're, we're we're pushing the envelope. We're pushing the envelope. <laughs> so. Um. But anyway, everything's good. Well, that's good.
1: good. Well, so, and and uh speak- announced a yeah. new feature this week as well. We launched uh, private sharing. So oh, That's cool. publish an episode and push it out to just the people you want to push it out to.
0: So it doesn't go in a feed yep. at all. It's just was you do send by email or what?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just a it, it, yeah, it's not a like a capable of a lot, almost like a premium podcast or anything like that where you have to, you know, you can only, you know, it's subscription based or anything like that. It would just be being able to send it directly out to people.
0: How do you, how do you uh, hide that file? Do they have to use a custom naming or do you scramble its eggs so it doesn't look something that people can guess? That's a good
1: question. I didn't actually, I didn't ask the team if they were concerned about that as much as it was just, you know, not making it available publicly on the website. Right. So I think, I think that's probably what it, what it mostly is so yeah you would probably be wise to use a different naming convention of some sort on there right and and actually every every episode does have a different naming convention on it to some degree anyway so if you don't use the same um, naming structure as a regular episode then it should be fine
0: i see you know mike dell and chases loose lips think ships yes yes indeed so i'm i'm trying to not give any hints there Mike so (laughs) but the uh, uh, you know that's you know I I think what we've what we're finding too is um, a lot of podcasters are having challenges with this premium model you know their shows just aren't big enough to support you know a a large number of folks uh, you know go ahead
1: but I do get a get a lot of people asking me about that. Uh, do you support you know paid premium yeah. subscription stuff? And I go, no, it's not really that popular of a model today. But you know, to some shows, it's important to have that as a as a possible tool. Yeah, um, you know, but. Yeah. Like you say, it's usually a small amount of shows or a small number of shows that can really take advantage of that.
0: There was a short thread about that user supported model yesterday on or last night on Facebook, and someone was asking, Do you disclose your Facebook number? I mean, your, you know, your contribution numbers. I think on Patreon, it's, you can see it. I, I, you know, I I think it's publicly there available. I don't think you can hide it. Um, But personally, I, you know, I've taken PayPal from the beginning and, and nothing against Patreon, but their terms of service to me kind of turned me off. And is one of the reasons why I have never used Patreon um, as far as, you know, doing support for, you know, for geek new central, but I've always done PayPal. So I have a thing where people can become what I call an insider and there are tiers to contributions. And then they get something when they've contributed a thousand dollars and, so it's a um, a little different model, but, you know, just like on the last show, I talked about, you know, if you see on the blog that the last two or three days of the month, there's not a lot of content, and that's because we've run out of budget. You know, I budget so much for blogging in the month, and when the writing team hits their upper end of that, sometimes there's two or three days at the end of the month where we don't have any Blogging, and I said, "Now, if you want to see more content on the website, where we can carry, you know, up the budget a little bit, need a few more people to step up and become insiders and help contribute to, you know, to the, you know, to the ongoing sustainment of the site and the show. So, you know, my blogging budget every month has gotten pretty significant. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know a lot of podcasters can't afford to do that, but I was transparent in because I've always said the stuff that you, the money that you give goes back into the show it pays. So now I've got a executive producer uh, who helps me with show prep. I, from I, you know, for 12 years, I didn't have that. And now I've yeah. got someone that helps me with the, uh, you know helps with the blogging that's been for a long time that that stuff doesn't come at a, in an insignificant price. So the yeah. um, disclosing what we earned was important. So, you know, and another thing they were like was why don't you create i don't create premium content for my audience i go to events like ces and create yeah you know spend twenty thousand dollars outside of you know that's in my budget Uh, yeah
1: it's well it's all free content right freely distributable yeah
0: so you know that that's how I give bonus content to my team. Their, their, you know, their contributions to the show, and of course, the sponsor of the show. Thank God for the sponsor, you know, because uh you know, things yeah. would have to, I'd have to scale scale things back a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, what's your thoughts? Should uh should podcasters disclose to their how much money they're making, or or give a general sense of what the money's being used for when people do contribute?
1: I don't know. I think it's up to each of the podcasters to make that determination. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's almost like a score, right? Um, It's the same thing with displaying your plays and download numbers. I, you know, I think some podcasters feel comfortable with it and some don't. And, and it's, um uh, you know, like on the speaker platform, we display all of our download and play numbers uh, but it, there is an option to turn them off so some shows will, will turn them off right um and it's the same with you know I I mean Todd, we've talked about this a lot. I know a lot of the the early kind of kind of business podcasters would say how much money they mm-hmm. make from their online business that they have as so, a way of you know telling people that you know our my method, out there is better than someone else's. Cause I'm, I've got a bigger check, you know? So it's, it, there's some bragging rights that go on there that, you know, people get attracted to and It's, it's a marketing technique in some ways. If you have pretty low numbers, you're probably not going to be wanting to share that. If you have big numbers, it's probably going to help you to share it, I suppose. So, um, that's that's the the mental psychology that I think that goes on with even sharing your your download and play numbers is mm-hmm. that if your numbers are big, it looks good. If the numbers are small, you know, maybe not yeah. so good for you
0: <laughs> and, and, and you know i've i've um, and the user contributions are not crazy. I don't that it, it doesn't pay the whole bill. You know it doesn't pay the blogging bill completely. So they contributed to it. so, you know, it's um. So I've never had a model that was you know where I had to have the cash from the the audience to survive. That was you know you know if it becomes a point where I lose my sponsor, then I'll probably turn into beg mode. Um, you know, pretty pretty quickly. You know, what you know, if it's yeah. it's a model, it's a model that some shows do, and it's and you just if they love the content, hopefully they'll contribute ten fifteen dollars a month. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, I you know, and, and I've always been, Rob, you know, my position too is I like to talk about how the money's used, not how much money came in. And there's only been a few times in the past 13 years that I've actually laid dollar amounts down. Uh, like two or three years ago, I was given a presentation on, you know, the, you know, the 10 years it took to get to where the show was at. And what was, what started out as a $300 a month uh, sponsorship and where it ended up and the potential was at 10 years was the, you know, the genesis of proving that this thing is not a, you know, is not a drag race. This thing is a marathon. So, um, but I've always been very, um, it's just like, hey, Rob. How much speaker pay you over there? You know, that's, that's like would be the most uncomfortable question for someone to ever ask someone, right? Yeah. That's how I, well, fe- that's how I yeah. feel about people who are putting that information online. It's just, it's that, yeah. it would be that same feeling if I, if, if you came to me and said, Todd, how much is, what's, what's your salary at Blueberry? You know, and, uh, yeah. you know, I'd be like, <laughs> You know, that's, yeah, a, exactly. you, yeah, know, you know, it. it's none of your business, yeah. right? You know, that's, that would, that would be the, you know, so it, you gotta yeah. have, you gotta have a certain personality to like put your money out there. And then you, then you wonder, Hmm.
1: Well, and it's also, you know, even, um, that same thing is to your, your play and download numbers to some degree right, too. Right. I, I know back when, and maybe I talked about this in the past on the show, but when when Spreaker decided that they were going to uh, make the display of your numbers optional um, on your, your on your Spreaker show page, um, I I went in and turned off my numbers for the show that I do. Um, but then I I had this this weird feeling, and I also heard from the Spreaker team that um, many of the the podcasters on that platform were actually uh, using that public display as where they go to get the numbers for how many people are listening to their show. So it's almost like they weren't going to their stats page in the platform Mm -hmm. to get those those play and download numbers. They were going to their public page to get that. So when we took that down off the pages, a lot of podcasters were lost. It's like, well, how come (laughs) I can't get my numbers now? Uh, it's just like, did you know that you actually had an area in the platform that you could go that has analytics um that you could get detailed information, but, but most of the podcasters were just going to their home page or going to their page on the platform and getting their numbers right off of the page like every any listener could right so so i I turn the numbers back on on my site, um not for that reason because i I go in and look at my analytics page too, but I thought for for a second there that. You know, once you've had them up for a long time and made them public, um, you can't, it's the genie's out of the bottle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It sends the wrong message to turn it off. Yeah. Once it's been out there like that, right. Yeah. It's like, you know, well, what do you have to hide? You know, that's right. Uh, that's the psychology that goes on. So if you started a show and you've never displayed your numbers and you built a big audience and it's all about setting expectations with your audience. And that's <clears throat> that applies to a lot of things in podcasting. Uh, it's like a show that's been running for years that doesn't have any advertising in it. And all of a sudden you put in
0: mm-hmm.
1: two or three host reads and, and you're doing some dynamic insertion. That's a big change for the audience to actually experience that because they've never experienced that on your show before. So in some ways, if, if you have the intent of having advertising in your show, at some point, you might want to start off with advertising when you launch your show and just do an affiliate deal or something like that and get into it right away. Cause you're, you're, you're building expectations in your audience that then you don't want to, uh, rattle with or, or try and adjust. I know, Todd, what's your thought about it? I mean, when you started your show, you didn't have advertising, did you? Or no? did you, yeah and so what was that adjustment period that you had to go through with your audience to add sponsors well like I, told them, Where was
0: the- I told them. i told him early on the wife put me on a clock you know i told in yeah. the early days you know i did the first six seven eight nine shows in waco and came home and told them, well, i'm doing this podcast and she's like what are you talking about you know yeah. and she's non-technical completely and um you know, almost, and, you know, she, she does everything on her iPad now. They doesn't if I had to ask her to do something on the laptop, she just gives me a dirty look. So, um, you know, when, she, when I came home, she was like, uh, okay, yeah, I, you, we've been down this road before, you know, it's like a boat, you know, you throw another thousand dollars at it. Right. And, uh, yeah she says, you got two years to figure out how to make money with this thing. So I was like, okay, guys, I'm I'm home. And, you know, the wife is uh, cool at the show, but we're we're on the clock. We got to figure out how to monetize this in two years. So I, you know, I told the audience that that would be actively pursued. You know what I got hurt most from? This tells you how insane it was in the early days. And uh, episode 69, I announced that I had done the book deal with Wiley Publishing, and then that I would be publishing and releasing the first yeah. book on podcasting. I lost it. People were like, "Oh my god, you would have thought that I killed the Pope." I lost half. You sell out, Todd. Oh right? my god, I you you took money. You so in in a sense, even though I had told them, I was like. This piranha for having taken money for gosh to write a yeah. book. Think, think about now. Think about how things have changed. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. Now you well, back you, in the early days, Todd. Yeah, I mean you're exactly right. Back in the early days, it wasn't cool to have ads in your show. No, no, um, no, not no, at no. all. I mean, this was all about you know freedom of speech, sticking it to the man. Killing radio and one of the big reasons that this whole medium really took off was as a, as a reaction to how people, a certain segment of people out there, uh, really hated radio. Right. They, just, they, they, they were sick of the advertising loads that were in radio and they were sick of getting yelled at. They, they were sick of the, just the, the broadcast type mentality. And that's what really propelled this medium forward was that anti-establishment type of feel. Uh, and there were companies in the early days of this medium that uh, started to you know like audible. They came out with their 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 perfect advertising platform that was going to apply drm to podcast audio files. and I, don't, I mean, if you don't know what drm is, it's it's content um play and distribution restrictions that are built into the media file, right. Um, that that was popular back in the early days of music um, distribution. It's not so much a big issue anymore. DRM is really kind of not cool anymore. <clears throat> but back in those days, that's how shows monetize. If you mm-hmm. look at Audible, Audible used a, a very proprietary DRM that would uh, allow their media files to be played on certain um, player devices based on them having a deal with them. Yep. Um, so... So in that that's common in the music business uh, back in those days but but yeah I mean they got drummed out of the industry because they tried to do that. Yeah. I mean it just was anti it was really tone deaf to what was happening in the um podcasting space at that time. And you're right Todd things have changed a lot they when have. it comes to that.
0: Well Rob yeah. let, let me show you how how good this internet this internet protocol stuff works sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. This is this is your picture on my system right now. You're froze. You're live on Skype, but it's not updating in the system.
1: <laughs> oh, so your your board has got me locked. Huh? Yeah. You
0: you know you're you're froze locked. Yeah. So you're you're like uh, Luke Skywalker in the wall. But uh, anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I. But I can see myself moving on
0: the you monitor. You can, yeah. So you over here, you're moving, but the the NDI transfer to the box is like, so in. So what has happened too is that I got real fancy with this new switch and had the routes all isolated, and I bricked it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I bricked it. So I'm on a, a different switch right now, which doesn't have managed ports, and I'm getting a replacement sent in. So that's the reason for this is I am trying to do too much on that circuit, not have stuff. It's gotten real fancy here. <laughs> but it's, hey, yeah. this is this is what I love to do. I love to push the envelope, but I'm glad I can still see you here. Or you, you know, and <laughs> the audio hey, audience doesn't true. care,
1: you know. Hey, Todd, I was seeing it. I there was some sort of a news article that, that I saw. I think it was a video or something like that. It was talking about some new technology that was being pushed out there that would uh, basically um, that was being used by employers to um, as part of the interview process where they would analyze an applicant's face. Really. Yeah, so you would call into like a it's almost like a Skype call, and you would do your interview, and this software would analyze your your face hmm. uh, while you're doing the interview and answering certain questions. And I guess they've got some algorithm now, and it just you know I was thinking about it as we were doing this show. I mean, some podcasters do their shows where they do live video, like like we do. Right. And one of the one of the factors that um th- that I heard them talk about was uh, and this is like a ju- judgment on um, the the person that's being interviewed, right, um, and whether or not they're qualified for a job, is if the person looks into the camera when they're talking to them, a, a, you get higher marks.
0: Well, of course, um, because the, what yeah. the, the person is interviewing you is looking at you.
1: No, but the software is – is going to rank you based on what you do looking at the camera. Uh, and so, so, and the reason I'm raising this is that I have a tendency to um, look down or yeah, at a different location because we're looking at our screens,
0: right, right? Right, right,
1: So we're not, so oftentimes while I'm talking, I'm actually reading at the same time. Yeah, me too. Um, and, and, but for me to look directly at the camera, like I am right now, um, you get higher ranks for that, I guess, mm. as part of the hiring process. So, but but a lot of people don't look at the camera when they're doing Skype calls. Right. Um, it's a psychological thing uh, that's kind of why the employer would value that over. I guess it's being able to focus. I guess.
0: I think though, if you know. th- if you think about being in a meeting, you're not always looking at the participants in a meeting you're looking at your laptop or you're looking at your notes and you're looking around and if you know if you're talking you might be you know looking at the person directly so that's the difference between you know and that's also something about having a camera presence too the, you know the good people that are on you know on YouTube and are on you know do live have a good camera presence and remember that that camera is where you're supposed to be looking instead of the screen but you know just like just like me or just, you know, just like, that didn't make any sense, just like you, uh, when, you know, when I'm doing my show, uh, I'm, you know, I'm looking at articles and I'm, you know, I'm bouncing around and, you know, I'm looking up periodically the camera, but so it's inter- interesting. Interesting yeah. on the interview process. But I think if I was going to be doing an interview, yeah. you know, here's the key, the kicker, you, you've got to get that camera. Like my webcam is here. It's off center. Yeah. So if I was yep. doing a, a, you know, whenever I'm using, uh, you know, doing a Skype call, I grab that camera and I move it to center of the desktop, yeah. you know, I don't, I, I don't want it there for the show, but I move it back over here. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Let's talk about this Jacob's Media article you sent.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, it's actually some... Re- Some research that they did, I guess, on the smart speaker, Um, kind of trending and phenomenon that's happening out there right now. Um, And we should jump to it. Are you going to pull it up?
0: Yeah, I've got it Yeah.
1: Okay. So it looks like it's some research that they did uh, from November 17th to the 21st. Looks like they did a web survey among 1,000 online respondents, 13 and older. Um, and it looks like here. You know, let's go go to page one here. So more than one in six online households already owns a smart speaker, uh, and forty percent own two or more. So um, it's still it's still a a growing market. It's not like you know massive yet, but it definitely. What's really interesting is the adoption the even adoption across age groups uh, or fairly even adoption. I guess it's not quite as even as I thought it was. If I actually look at the numbers, Todd, if you scroll down a little bit.
0: Okay, go ahead. um, I'm trying to fix your video.
1: Go ahead. So it says uh, of all online respondents, 13 plus, uh, about 18% uh, already owns a smart speaker. And I guess the... The male female distribution twenty percent to sixteen percent. I don't quite understand that. Does that make sense to you, Todd? Mm. Oh, of of the people that own this. Oh, no, of the population. Um, I think it, that's what that would be, right? Of the overall population. I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's not really clear. And then the age group twenty five percent, thirteen to thirty four. Um, is also uh, the highest ownership uh, classification. I would, you know, that classification, the 13 to 34, is not very helpful. <laughs> I have to say, that's not the right range, right, Todd?
0: Yeah, and, and they've got a whole. Did you? I just opened the PDF, and I don't have that sequence to be able to go up on the website. But I was going to look and see if. The, oh, you don't. We'll okay. see if the web if the pdf has any more information
1: yeah it does yeah, oh, uh, yeah. yeah it actually has slides in it it has has slides in it that's actually what i'm talking about here
0: okay let me see if i can add that keep talking Go ahead.
1: so yeah so the adoption of this um smart speaker device is 13 to 34 is about 25 percent um 35 to 54, 17%, and 55 plus, about 12%. And that's the percent who own a smart speaker um, of the population. Uh, And it looks like 60% um, own one smart speaker and 40% own two or more. So it's growing pretty fast. The current uh, smart speaker owners um, who plan to purchase a smart speaker. Um is like sixty-one percent. Yeah, it's it looks huge. Like. It's huge. Yeah. So that's I guess um that's sixty-one percent planned to, to buy another one. Is that what that's telling us?
0: It's see One in so five it, one in five online households intend to buy a smart speaker this holiday yeah. season. Current owners three times more likely to purchase one. So additional one, gotcha.
1: yeah. Okay, so they're they're gonna purchase an additional one this holiday season.
0: Okay. That's
1: those are pretty high percentages for that.
0: Well, you look at the folks at uh folks have been very aggressive. You know, look at Amazon and the pricing that they they're basically giving them away. You know forty nine dollars or something it's like just, that for it, the it's been really inexpensive it's small for pup. You know, so, Yeah. So and I tell you yeah, who's I think I, was, I tell you who's a big loser here. Apple, Apple really blew it by not getting their device out. They're just falling more and more, and they it's they're essentially irrelevant. You know when it comes yeah. to when it comes to this, so yeah, it is. It's very interesting.
1: Yeah, because didn't Apple announce that they were going to release one, and then they pulled it back? Yeah, they delayed. Right?
0: They delayed it. Ah, okay. Yeah, they sure did. They delayed it. Hmm. So, Uh. we forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, for those of you that are with us live, the reason we're starting early today. My son has a mandatory, we have a cleanup to do on the beach, and it's a fundraiser, so we had to leave, right? At the same time, we had been live, so that was the reason we were early today. But. All right, so let me bring this back. Yeah, you're completely black on my screen now. My sync my sync uh, uh attempt uh, didn't work. So we'll switch between the two cameras here in the studio.
1: <laughs> should I
0: should I drop out? No, and go back no, in again? No, 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 no. We'll just we'll, okay. we'll finish up this okay. way. We're good. So I was looking at um, you know the you know I'm watching the I think agree with you for last week, we were talking about how our news feeds were full of everything. Podcasting definitely. Um, Facebook has tweaked their news all algorithm again, because I'm hardly getting anything. That's not podcasting on my Facebook news feed. It's actually driving. It's driving me a little crazy. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. So you're seeing the same thing. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm, I mean, just only, podcasting only,
0: stuff only, stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and they went too far, and I'm having to go to people that I, you know, people that I want, like my mom and my sister. I have to go to their profiles to see anything that they've said. There's nowhere in my, it doesn't show up in my feed whatsoever. And yeah. they're they're siloing us into these silos, and it it's not good. And thank God I'm not in some political silo. Um, yeah, you know, people would be that's you know, unhealthy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, what, what Facebook is thinking by doing that.
0: Um, hmm. That's what we have. Groups, a- that's what we have groups for to go to the groups, but I'm getting the group feed continuously in my news feed, and it's just, all right. I, I love podcasting, but I, I don't need to, I, I don't need to live it every moment of the day. So I, I yeah. you know,
1: it does, it does feel like a, a really significant level of control that Facebook is is imposing on their users. Um, I mean, th- that should be a choice that we as a user make uh, mm-hmm. in this process. I agree. Of, of, of narrowing our, our focus down like that. Um, it shouldn't just be made for us no. like that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. So a couple of things in the news. Um, a lot of people are still trying to do this, uh, you know, uh, translation of audio. Matter of fact, there was some stuff that was announced at the AWS where they're making available. And it's expensive uh, to do audio to text is uh, processor fees on a server. Uh, is like a buck 50 an hour. And if you, you know, you do the math on that, that's. It's not inexpensive uh and that's I don't know how many translations it can do in an hour, but uh there's just a lot of uh a lot of still a lot of pushing to try to get some sort of semblance of data out of spoken word um yeah and a lot
1: well of- you know each. Each time that you know one of these audio search companies goes down, there's always another one right behind it that's trying right. to re- reinvent the wheel again, and then they wind up failing, and then it's just this vicious cycle that's been going on for years around that yeah. <laughs> particular endeavor of of trying to um, index audio um, into text, and it's it's guys, it's just not worth it to do
0: it. I know. I hate to say it. And they've got an audio um, editing program. It's called Speechboard, and they use it. It finds you edit via the. It does a translation of the audio, and then you edit by reading the text in your audio editor. And I, I think that one's a, a little bit odd too. But um yeah, did you? How come you're not down in Portland today? Did you know about this Portland Podcast Festival? Did you even know it was going on?
1: No, I didn't. What's going
0: on down there? <laughs> the Portland podcast is happening today by it's founded by Jason lab of my minority retort. Jason Niebler and Sarah X Dylan, both of fun employment. Rate. Okay. I'm, I'm familiar with Min- minority retort, but it's going to be, um, it's like a fan festival and it's starting.
1: Oh, that's probably why.
0: Yeah. It's starting yeah. tonight at five and, uh, it lasts to midnight. Fun Employment Radio, Minority Retort, Geek in the City, Room of Requirement 237, Rip City Bad Boys, Reading the Bible at the End, Reboot, Reuse, Recycle, and there's just in a whole list here. But I, I, do these, here's my challenge, you know, with this type of a, a festival. How many of these folks actually have local fans? You know, if, yeah. I, if I if I reach out and say, hey, let's do a meetup here in Hawaii, of the people that listen to my show, I and mean, five or six people are going to show up. You know, it's yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, that's why local podcasting is a is still a little bit of a of a difficult thing because um, you know, I don't know how many listeners we have to this show in like say the Seattle market. Or or the Hawaii or whatever, but you're right. It's probably you know just a handful of people, probably. Yeah. Um, you'd find and, bigger and numbers in metropolitan. Scattered.
0: Yeah. There'd be bigger numbers in metropolitan areas, but yeah, you know, Honolulu's not the mecca center of podcast listening. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true.
0: You know, my if I look at my stats, Texas. You know, if I if I go to Texas, I have a pretty good meetup doesn't matter which city I have a huge you know it's my number one state you know for for listening audience but still it's just a percentage you know
1: well Todd the, uh, if you go to uh, pdx pod festival festival.com pdx pdx pod festival.com. Oh. You can see who's behind it, and um, all of the sponsors are like local, local companies: uh, cannabis company, a brewery, a donut store, of course, uh, iced tea company.
0: Of course, yeah. the weed company's going to be there.
1: Got to have, got to have the weed. Well, it's, 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 it's legal in Oregon. So it's the whole West coast.
0: This is a boy. They love black.
1: Yeah, they do. So let's see the podcasts. So the minority retort. So they're all local, local podcasts,
0: right? Mm, CL, uh, I or don't, Portland I don't, podcasts. I don't think they're Portland, Portland specific. No podcast. There's very few podcasts that are city specific.
1: No, no, no. I'm not talking about oh. their content. Oh, they
0: must be specific. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They must be from, from that
1: area down.
0: There. Right, right.
1: Yeah, because yeah, one of the podcasts is titled um, "Portland at the Movies." That's that's mm. one of the titles of one of the podcasts. So maybe this is a bunch of shows that are produced by local producers.
0: So you got two beer companies, an iced tea company, two weed companies, Guardian Games, I don't know who that is. So yeah, this 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 these guys must love their weed. So <laughs> fifty fifty it's, it's 50, a
1: big thing in all all of the West Coast states, right? now. Fifty three yeah.
0: years old, never smoked a joint. <laughs> 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 yes, I'm a uh yeah square <laughs>
1: january 1st it's going to be uh illegal in the whole state of california so
0: you know as soon as they open it up in vegas you can't walk down fremont street with getting hit in the face about yeah. eight nine ten yeah, times already
1: yeah it's already legal there too.
0: They're already asking for it to be made legal. See now there's a I've told you about this right There's a big push in California in Seattle and Washington. All the cannabis users want the laws changed so that they can smoke weed inside establishments. yeah, yeah.
1: I don't think that's that's gonna
0: happen. So smokers get on board. You got the weed guys behind you. They want to be able to smoke inside.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't have to go out outside in the rain and smoke uh, your cigarette.
0: Right? And I'll be honest with you, yeah. having grown up in the eighties and partied in the nineties, um, as soon as they started banning smoking in um, nightclub establishments, it just ruined nightlife across America completely. People quit going out. Yeah. Yeah. Because That's everybody, true. I don't it's want me to get secondhand smoke. You should have been on the airplanes I was where I had a smoker here, a smoker there. Oh, I bet. I'm still yeah. alive. Yes. <laughs>
1: For now. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I think it's an interesting, I mean, th- there's certainly nothing wrong with the Portland Podcast Festival. No, 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 it's, no, no. It's a... Uh, it's, it's cool. And, but it, it is kind of a sign of what's happening to yeah. this medium that yeah. uh, all these, all these events are popping up yep. in all the cities in the country. You know, it's just one now PodCon in Seattle. Seattle didn't yeah. have a podcasting festival before either, but now they do um and now portland has one and, you know
0: i've seen a lot of guess, people talking about the podcon in seattle and i, I said i just like you know other events we went to we'll uh, give them a pass for year 1 and we'll see how they do on on year 2 hey chris uh, thanks for jumping in the chat room
1: yeah uh-huh. i've already given the organizers feedback on what they're doing what they've done already so i've already given them my thoughts all right cool um so hopefully They'll, they'll be more, can I say, more inclusive yeah. next year. <laughs> it might be a good, good way of describing it. Yes.
0: There was an article I had to laugh about, and it was uh, from BrandcastingU.com talking about attracting binge listeners for massive download growth.
1: I was going to talk about that one too. Okay.
0: Yeah. We've got about awesome. seven minutes before yeah. we have to bounce. What, what was your thought on that one?
1: Well, I think that the concept of binge listening with podcasting, I mean, it's certainly been around for a long time. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. not not a new concept, but what they're combining it with is the podfasters um, kind of topic that's been popping around. I did a whole Spreaker Live Show episode on podfasting. Um, And what podfasting is, is people that listen to their audio programs that uh, half or one and a half double speed and three times speed. And I guess it's, it's cool if you can handle it to all the way up to the 10 speed. Now mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, really 10 speed. That's how fast you're going to listen to the audio programs. And I know that a couple of podcasts have pushed back on this, this movement saying, we don't really want our audiences listening to our podcast at three speed because it breaks up the continuity of the production that was produced, and a lot of the shows spend a lot of time with the, their pacing and their and how they produce their program to make it sound the best. And what these people are doing are basically destroying that um, by playing it at, at you know like a Minnie mouse speed right, right. so and and some shows, it's going to work well on its site. Like, I was joking on the on the show that I did about this that uh if you happen to be a podcaster um um like Chris Hardwick is a good example of a guy that uh, talks at double speed. Um can you imagine listening to his show at two or three times speed because he's already talking at two times speed.
0: <laughs> I had so, a um yeah. I had a situation where I accidentally hit the one and a half times button and yeah I was I was driving and I and it was driving me crazy. I and I handed my phone over to my son. I said, "Figure out how to." S-. And he, he said, next thing I know, it's like three times, five times, and I was just like, I, I almost want to like roll the window down and throw up. I can't listen at uh, <laughs> at at high speeds. And you're right; it breaks up the the pauses and the flow. And it just to me, it just sounds very, very, very unnatural.
1: But so. it's a. Uh- I guess it's a hot trend for like I think the number that I've seen is like 20% of podcast listeners have at least uh tried pod pod fasting. Hmm. Um, so there's a new new term that's been coined Todd, pod
0: fasters. Pod fasters. <laughs> and by the way for the uh on that article uh, those guys are self-hosting their own media so uh about 5,000 oh, of yes. you go over there and download this episode right now and uh <laughs> cause their website to go. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that and it's probably not going to support uh, byte range requests.
0: Yeah, mo- most most, so you, most even most really? web servers support byte serving. Yeah, it's, it most do. Do they now? Okay, yeah, well that wasn't do. always the case. It's, not always that the wasn't case. always the case. Yeah. But yeah. Sometimes yeah. You, you, you we still find one here and there that don't
1: But I think, you know, the whole concept of binge listening, I think probably is a trend that's probably more appropriate to, uh, to kind of storytelling type podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do know that I've, I've had a lot of listeners in the past and I'm sure you have as well that, and and didn't you at one point recommend that people No, probably not for your show, but I've had, I've heard a lot of podcasters say, um, to go back and listen to my first
0: episode or something like that. Oh no, don't go back and listen to my first episode.
1: Yeah. But some will actually say that, right? So they'll say, you know, because what I'm talking about are topics that are related to whatever the subject is, um, um, over a long period of time. So, and oftentimes people will go back and listen to those older episodes. If the topic of the program is like evergreen content, right? So, you
0: know, that's, I've, that's I've,
1: where the binge listening comes in
0: over all the years i've been doing shows i've in i've only had maybe a handful of people go back and listen to go to the, you know all the way back to the beginning and uh i got a super fan and i said you're just gonna i said by time you get to 1243 or 1244 you're <sighs> never here. you're never <laughs> i'll see in five years you'll be back because you're never going to want to listen to me ever again you know, so I appreciate him going back and listening to the old episodes. And he was sending me emails about stuff and reminding me stuff I'd said in the show. And it's good to have a almost that's almost like an archivist job. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just like uh, and I haven't heard from him for a while. So maybe he already hit the wall. <laughs> but so. I guess
1: if you have a show that really, really caters to binge listening, uh, you're I mean, your number of plays and downloads can really skyrocket yeah so, it's this whole and those shows tend to be ones that can monetize pretty effectively with, with um, dynamic ad insertion
0: so Clinton's in chat he says if a podcast is voice only I'll often listen at 1.8 I can't I just can't do it I mean, it's just yeah, to, well we're yeah and you know and I'm the guy school, I'm the guy that changes out you know, I have a hundred new shows, in my playlist every two weeks. So if anybody should be speed yeah. listening, I should, but I can't. I can't. Yeah. Well, I think if you speed
1: listen, you're going to miss things. I don't seem to see any way around it. I think you're going to miss yeah. context. You're going to miss things.
0: That's the only nuances, thing. the dramatic pauses. Yeah. Most, yeah. I, I,
1: I can't concentrate on anything that focused for that long. No. I, I, I just can't. So trying to have something go at that speed. I mean, mm-hmm. I like to have people kind of slow down when they communicate to me. So I make sure that I hear everything that they're saying. Cause yep. there's a lot of people that don't actually say the entire word. Mm-hmm. They, they say like half the word <laughs> when they talk. So, and it's hard, hard to follow sometimes.
0: And I think I, what I do too is that if I even find myself drifting in the car, if traffic's got my attention or whatever, you know, I'll just, yeah. I'll just reach up to the dashboard and then I'll, I'll hit, you know, I'll hit pause. And uh, yeah. so that when I can come back and, and actually concentrate, because, you know, some of the shows I listen to on a regular basis, I'm afraid I'm going to miss something and they're that good. I don't want to, I don't want to have a 20 second lap. I don't want to have a 30 second lap or a minute or, you know, yeah. I just, I really don't want to do that. Rob, we are, so, believe it or not, we're at the oh, top of the hour. Oh, we are. Wow. It went fast.
1: It did go well. And we're not going our normal 90 minutes today. Either, yeah, so.
0: and then that's my fault. Uh, you know, the, the 14-year-old's got to earn money for his uh, high school. This is, this is something new. And I, I, I never did this when I was in high school Um Fundraisers are now requiring to be raised thousands of dollars. His soccer team has a goal of raising $15,000 for the season. And and I'm like, wow, I, you know, I, I I don't understand it. I mean, it's really and they were being hard sold by their fundraiser organ tonight or, and I just like it, 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 it. Sometimes I just rather write a check. But they're trying yeah. to raise 15000 The parents on the team can't cover that. So uh, this is something new in high school sports. Of course, I, my previous kids really didn't play. Well, they ran cross country, but this is the first, you know, I, it's, it's just a little odd to me. It just seems, why are we having to raise so much money? Um yeah. It does seem it's rather amazing. strange. School, school programs aren't supporting, I guess. But anyway, hey, folks, um, next Saturday we will be in Seattle. And so there will be no show next Saturday. Um, So just want to let you know that. Uh, so we'll miss next week. But if Rob and I find a few moments, maybe we'll be able to kick something out. No promises here. but
1: uh, Well, and I also invited a guest for that following week's. Uh, show.
0: Oh yeah, um, I saw that. Is that is that confirmed?
1: Uh, not quite yet. I'm still talking to the the PR agency, but it's a it's a big big media brand out there yeah. that that has podcasts. That I, I invited their manager to come on to talk about advertising and talk about journalism and podcasting.
0: So, so it should be a very titillating conversation if we get i think it's a her right get her on right yes yes yep. correct so, so cool well today our experiment with the, the upgraded hardware worked a little bit we had some tweaks we'll have to make but uh anyway everyone thanks for being here of course uh you can reach me uh, todd at blueberry.com uh, or on twitter at geeknews rob
1: I can be found on Twitter at rob greenley, and that's with two e's. And I can certainly get an email from you if you send it to rob at spreaker dot com or rob at robgreenley dot com. Either one will work. So, thanks.
0: Yep, everyone, thanks for being here. And for everyone that was on the live stream, thank you so much. Gene, Clinton, Mike, Chris, everyone that came on, I definitely appreciate. It. Hey, Gene, in the morning to you. How are you? That's a <laughs> that's a code word for some of us. So, in the morning. But uh hey, by the way, Gene, I have something special for for Adam. You can pay attention. It'll be a couple of weeks yet. All right. No, the the Adam? Is
1: mm-hmm. that what you're talking
0: about? mm mm-hmm. Don't say anything. Gene, don't say anything, okay? And you'll be listening. I think you'll it, it, he the he will definitely talk about it. So uh yeah i <laughs> I have something planned for Adam. All right. Um, everyone, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on The New Media Show. It's been my pleasure. And, and of course, Rob's as well, I think, <laughs> to bring you the show yes. today. And uh, we'll see you in, uh, in two weeks. Uh, so everyone, take care. We'll see you next time on The New Media Show. Okay. Everyone, take care. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.